All right, welcome back. Disgruntled Fans Anonymous, episode 10. It has been a while. It has been, I believe, two weeks. Uh, we try to get the podcast out every week, but you know what? Things happen. Um, I went away. I turned 30 years old this year. My wife took me. I think I discussed it before I left. I went to Italy. I, uh, I'll give my thoughts on that. <laughs> just, you know, just a little bit about the culture and stuff and, uh, Italian soccer and football. I, uh, you know, I just did it. And when I get back, when I got back, you know, things going on in life, people getting sick. My wife is pregnant. So, you know, she went through a little bit of a, a sickness, nothing serious, whatever, but I was unable to record. So now tonight I'm getting on, hopping on. I got some juices flowing. Just watch the Mets beat the Phillies. Big W back and forth. Have a lot of thoughts about them. Um, Mainly their bullpen, which is garbage. But uh, yeah, so let's just want to just dive right into that. We'll talk some baseball. Obviously, things have started uh, differently for both the Mets and the Yankees. And uh, we'll start with, well, let's start with, I guess, my trip. I uh, like I said, I went to Italy. I am a big AC Milan fan. That is a soccer team here in the United States. I know, you know, most of you don't know what soccer is, and I would say that. The experience was definitely once in a lifetime. It's been a bucket list thing for me. I've always wanted to go to a European soccer game. You know, I hear they're crazy. It's awesome. The fans are just... It really is unlike anything you can experience here in the States. I mean, I've been to football games. I've been to every, I've been to every game, every team, every sport. And yeah, the atmospheres are cool. You know, I've been to Pittsburgh in a, a big a big game against the Jets. You know, the terrible towels. You know, the Jet games are cool. But there's just something about, I, I mean, maybe because it's a, you know, a world sport and uh, it's really all they have in Europe. I mean, they really don't watch anything else. Soccer is is the, is king. So it's nonstop. I mean, they literally have names of the sections you sit in, you know, uh, you know the hooligans or uh, whatever they're, you know, that team's grouping is, you know, where you want to sit. I mean, I, my wife's pregnant. She came with me, so I wasn't going to sit where, you know, the, the lunatics are. So I made sure to sit away from them, but I did, I recorded them nonstop. They, they don't stop clapping. They don't stop, they don't sit down. They don't stop chanting. You know, there's about, I don't know, 10 to 20 different chants that they go through. It's, it's really quite a sight. If you're not a soccer fan, if you don't like, you know, if you don't like soccer, you're not going to understand it. So I'm not really gonna try and you know turn you over to that but i do know i have a lot of friends and family that you know when the world cup comes around they get into it and you gotta multiply that by like a hundred for club soccer because it is it's electric it really is electric and um that's something i do wish you know here in the states it was more like you know the mets kind of do it with the seven line army you know they have a bunch of wild people out there in in the outfield they travel with the team i mean it's not even close to being the same football you know, the crowds can get wild, but I'm, it's literally nonstop for 90 minutes on their feet. Like, even when, when the game I went to, they tied 1-1. The other team scored, and, you know, the crowd was chanting. You know, they were going through a chant. Even when the other team scored, it didn't stop. It continued. It was like, you know, it was like a recording. It did not stop. They kept going. They got flags going off. They We scored a goal. They literally were putting... It sounded like bombs going off. My wife was... She almost had a heart attack. They had firecrackers going off. They, they were loud. They were, you know, big bangs. And uh, you could tell we were like... We must have been the only Americans there because we were just like reacting to every one of them. They had flares going off. It, it was... And this is just a regular season game. It really didn't mean much. It's just... It is electric factory. So that experience was definitely a bucket list experience. I want to thank my wife for, you know, taking me there. I do hope to go to um, a bigger game one day. 
but it was definitely amazing. And, uh, yeah, the cultural experience is a lot different here in the States. It really is, you know. I would say to anybody, even MLS, if you get to an MLS game, you know, their crowds are pretty – soccer fans are pretty crazy in general. So I would say for anyone, you know, if you visit England, you visit another country, to go to one of those games. And it might change your mind on soccer because it is really just amazing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Had a great time. But now that's over. I did listen to my Mets while I was there, six-hour time difference, so I would go to bed at like 3, 4 in the morning because I, I couldn't miss them. I, I was listening to them when they were, uh, I think when they were on their road, were they on the road, I think they were? They might have, yeah, I think that was against the, uh, the Nats. Might have been home, actually. I'm not sure where they were, but I listened to that homestand. Three, I was there for five days. Now we're here. Today is April, uh, today is April 15th. It's two weeks later. I was going to record last week, you know, the Mets were hot, they had just uh, finished off the Nats, they were they beat the Twins, it was after that series, the four walks, but like I said, my wife was a little sick, so I didn't have time, I was taking care of her, but now we're back to normal, just watched the Mets beat the Phillies, and uh, I gotta say, Jarrah's Familia is absolute garbage. And uh, I don't know, maybe I did say this in the beginning, you know, when we had the earlier podcast in March, that, I don't know, maybe I said I was happy we got him, and, you know, I talked to talk about him being, you know, he'll be a good setup man and stuff. But the truth is, a true meth fan, deep down, after he blew that world series, listen, he had 50-something saves that year. He was a good closer in 2015. But ever since then, he has not been the same guy. I don't give a shit when anyone says... His stuff's filthy. Oh, he's this. He's not good. He's not. Number one. These are the things that make him not good, this guy. And listen, the Mets aren't going to cut him. They give him three years, 30 million. So that's not happening. So let's all like talk realistic here. But he's garbage, the guy. Number one, he cannot pitch in cold weather. It is a fact. He's, if you look at his career ERA in April, early, I mean, I don't know about, you could probably look up temperature games too, but early April, April, his stats are terrible. October, I mean, we know already. Although he had some good games in the playoffs, he's terrible. Whenever it's cold, he has his worst game. Always blowing on his hand, always freezing his ass off. He's he's even stated he doesn't believe in long sleeves. He can't pitch in long sleeves. Well, you know what? You can't pitch with no sleeves in the cold. Maybe try some fucking long sleeves or some hand warmers because you're terrible. Number two, and this will sound stupid, but it's, it really is true. His stuff is not... His stuff is swing and miss stuff. It's not location. He doesn't throw pitches for strikes. He doesn't. His fastball, sometimes. But he's got so much movement on his pitches, this guy. And maybe the league has figured this out. But if they do not swing at his pitches, which, yeah, they're filthy. They move a ton. But if they don't swing at them, they're balls. Every one. And tonight, it was proven. Three balls. Mets are up 6-5 in the eighth inning. They bring this fucking guy in. And I'm in a group chat with a bunch of Mets. We all know this guy's blowing it. There's no shot. How do, you, how do you come in and throw 15 balls, seven strikes? If McNeil doesn't make a ridiculous play at third base, gets a double play off it, which, don't even get me started, he should be playing third base every day. The kid's unbelievable. Although J.D. Davis has earned it. Frazier can sit the bench. That's a sidetrack. Familia stinks. I don't. The bullpen fucking stinks. Six ERA, eight ERA, whatever it is now. Terrible. They fucking... Th- I didn't realize they were that bad because I, obviously I missed a few games while I was in, you know, away, but... I mean, Brody can say whatever he wants. Listen, the problems they got right now is Vargas and the bullpen. He likes what we have. You know, Vargas is getting on a shot. Whatever. Your five-starter, whose team's five-starter is good? Nobody's. I mean, ours is atrocious. He should at least get you seven wins, seven to ten wins, and be, uh, you know, competitive. But he's not. He fucking stinks. But there's nothing we can do about that. But the main thing, honestly, when you get to the playoffs, you know, 
it's your one, two, three starters. Maybe another guy gets in a bullpen, and you need bullpen. Our bullpen is atrocious. Atrocious. Other than Edwin Diaz, who they're going to burn out by the end of the year. Familia has been dog shit. Gazelman, I mean, let's be real. He's nothing special. You know, he came in tonight. Yes, he did his job. He came in tonight. I mean, he walked the fucking time running, so that's not that great. Four straight pitches walk. So I don't know how much uh, nerves of steel he's got. He did get Harper to fly it, pop out. I think he had a clean inning the next inning. Lugo was good tonight. I personally, I do trust that Lugo. I like him. I think he's a solid pitcher out of the bullpen. He has his nights. He had a couple bad games. You know, a couple bad innings, but overall he's solid. But the guy Avalon, yeah, tonight he did make that. He had that big strikeout with two on. But who is he? What is he really? The guy Wilson? All right, whatever. He, he's okay. Is he, uh, is he Andrew Miller of two years ago? No, he's all right. But who do you really trust in that bullpen? There's nobody. They, they're not good. You know, six overall year eight. Yeah, the numbers are inflated. It's early season, but I'm sorry. Listen, this team, the average of six runs a game right now, I don't worry about the offense. Cano had a big hit tonight. He's struggling a little bit. I think he'll be fine. I don't think, you know, he's not a 196 hitter. He'll be okay. Conforto is doing what, you know, we said he needed to do. He's having a great season so far. Jeff McNeil tonight, three for five. was killing it tonight. The guy's just, listen, he's a hit machine. Jeff Mc, thank God they didn't trade this guy to Seattle. I think they'll figure it out eventually. You know, J.D. Davis has earned himself some playing time. But let's be real, Frazier, I mean... Who do you want to see? You want to see old Todd Frazier, who only does hit home runs, doesn't hit for average? Oh, you want Jeff McNeil. He had three freaking base hits tonight between first and second. The second baseman couldn't get to it. I think he had two, three RBIs. The guy's phenomenal. He's a great defender. I mean, since his debut, I'm looking at the TV right now. They're, looking, they're showing the stats. Since his debut, he's batting 343. He's got 25 extra base hits, 29 RBIs, 43 runs, and his 879 OPS. What makes them think this guy should be playing in the outfield? The guy's goal, I, listen, I'm not saying gold glove, I was going to say gold glove, but he's phenomenal. He made some fucking great plays today. J.D. Davis, eh, third base, I don't know, but listen, he's hitting, so can't say nothing. Frazier, I could care less. Sit him on the bench, let him come off the bench. I don't, don't care about him at all. Like I said, him, Conforto, he's doing the job right now. He's looking great. He's just got to keep doing what he's doing. Ahmed Rosario is finally hitting like the number one prospect he was. Could he be, you know, doing a little bit more? It's early season. The returns are good on him. Cano, a little weak right now. Alonzo, you can't ask for anything better than kids. I mean, defensively, he's not great. But him and him and Smith, that dynamic, it's working really well. I mean, Don Smith's hitting off the bench. He didn't hit tonight. But, you know, Alonzo comes in. If he keeps raking the way he is, you know, Smith comes in late inning, can hold the bat, plays defense. That works really well for them. But Garris, I mean, he could have hit his way out of a fucking paper bag. His defense is definitely not what it was three years ago. I, I would really love to see, you know, this kid, Keon Broxton. He's got speed. He can fly over the bases. He's a good defender. If he could just hit a little bit, yeah, I'd rather see him play, honestly. But I don't know how bad defense are going to do that. But it works out for them in the late innings if they're ever going to, you know, they need to have defense out there. They could do a Broxton, Lagaris, Conforto, or Nimmo, something like that. They do have some good outfield defense. Not really as strong as arms, I would say, but... They're set up well. The Mets, you know, Brody really did set the team up well. They, uh, you know, uh, Ramos is a, a fucking RBI singles machine. The guy can't run for shit, but who cares? Like, the guy hits. He's a hitting machine. As long as these guys stay the way they're doing, the Mets are going to score runs. They're not going to average six a game. That's a high number. But they're scoring runs. But the thing we thought our strong suit was going to be that I thought, honestly, I thought we had better than everybody in the division. This is why I thought we'd win the division is our bullpen. And... 
let's be real. Our bullpen is just as bad as the Nationals. Only thing we have is the best closer. Our closer is the best in the division. Maybe the best closer in baseball. But eventually you get worn out, you know. And Nationals bullpen's terrible. Phillies bullpen is like, eh. Braves bullpen is same thing. Eh. Nothing special. So the starters, Noah tonight, again, not great. Not terrible. I mean, I you could say terrible. I guess he blew the lead twice. So he hasn't been anything special. I'm a little right now I'm a little down on Noah. I don't want to go too crazy about it. I still love him. I think you know. I think he could be an ace. I just I don't know something about him right now. I'm just not. I'm, I'm off. The, I'm off the Noah horse. Hopefully he wins me back. But something about the guy just he you know he's no Jake. And I know Jake struggled the last two games. But the Twins even said they're not seeing us again. And they said that uh, since they're not seeing, I guess they'll just say it that he was tipping his pitches against them. That's why they were hammering all over the fence yesterday. You could say he was terrible, but I mean he struck nine guys out. He only walked I think three. You know, he allowed five or six runs, but if the Mets score, you know, three, four runs, it's a regular baseball game. You know, if you make a mistake, professional hitters are going to hit the ball over the fence. So it wasn't a garbage performance. So he's had two great performances, you know, amazing performances. One terrible, he's tipping his pitches, and a a so-so performance. Jake's Jake. Noah, to me, I don't know. I still don't know what he is. I really don't. I mean, he can be dominant at times, and then he can just, you know, he throws a, I don't know, he just throws a fucking, like tonight... You know, he, I think it was to Hoskins or Riamuto. I think it was Riamuto. He's got guys on two on base, uh, two out. He just struck the last batter out on a curveball. He All his strikeouts tonight, I think he had uh, he had nine strikeouts. From what I remember personally, six, I know for a fact, won the curveball. His curveball was working great for him tonight. He throws a fucking fastball. I think it was a 2-2 fastball to this guy. It's a base hitter in the gap. Like, what are you doing? Like, who, who's is he calling the pitches? Is catch calling? Who's calling the pitches there? They don't see that his fans was not working. It's all over the place. He's This curveball was ridiculous tonight. Striking everybody out. He goes to that pitch. I just don't know where his brain's at sometimes. Because Jake, to me, like, he knows what's working, what's not, and he goes to it. So, a little down on him right now. Not saying whatever, but he needs to improve if they want to go far. Uh, other than that, you know, Mickey Callaway made a fucking stupid-ass call tonight. They got two on, no out, extra innings. You bring in Travis Darno to bunt. He's the last guy on the bench, first of all. So you have no one else left on the bench. So if this, it's already in the eleventh uh, inning. So if this game goes farther, you know Dom Smith threw his helmet, almost got thrown out. He, whatever, he didn't get thrown out, but God forbid, you know something happens to Ramos, something happens to him. They need a, a pinch hitter late in the inning. They had no one else left to play. He brings him out to bunt. The guy never bunts. First of all, he couldn't hit a fucking beach ball. With a fucking tennis racket, this guy. You think he's going to bunt a baseball? What does he do? He comes in. Two bunts, foul. Okay, what's going to happen now? Swing away, obviously. I called it on the way out. Pop-up, yeah. Fucking pop-up. What the fuck is Mickey doing? Just send up Jason Vargas, that old fuck. Or some idiot. some A pitcher who can bunt the ball. If you're going to bunt, what's the point of bringing him in? That made no sense. He's a fucking catcher. He doesn't bunt. He, he, he doesn't even hit. So that was a bonehead call by Mickey. I saw some... Uh, they were saying some funny stuff on Twitter, how uh, maybe Riggleman's giving him the bad... Riggleman told him bad information so he could get Mickey fired and become the head manager, which was pretty funny. But, I mean, sometimes I just... Right now, he's talking on TV. I can't really listen to what he's saying, but I would probably say, like, oh, we fought hard, and, you know, I did. I thought Travis could do it, but he has to do it. Like, bro, bad call. Lucky he won the game. Conforto ripped one to Hoskins. I don't know what he was doing there. It's a tough play, but off his glove. We ended up scoring there. And uh, we got the win. Diaz, uh, it looked like Diaz wasn't going to pitch tonight. I don't know what, um, that's another thing, too, with Mickey. You know, Familia comes in. He looks like shit. You know, it's two outs. 
whatever, bases loaded or two on, whatever it was, I don't, it worked out because Gazelman got, you know, got Harper out, but why is, I mean, why is Diaz not coming in for a four-out save there? Is it too early in the year you're trying to say? Like, I don't get it. You know, Familia pitched, you know, .2 innings. He allowed a hit, a run, three walks. Is that good? He had nine. He has nine appearances. The ERA is six four eight. He's got nine walks, ten Ks. What are you fucking kidding me? That's fucking terrible. I can fucking do better than that. That's atrocious. Like that is like not majorly worthy. That's almost as bad as Vargas. I, it's I hate to say it because like as a Met fan, you know, knowing what he's done for a million stuff, you want to hold on to the, like the greatness. But he hasn't been the same. He just hasn't. And maybe he comes in the eighth now. He doesn't have that ju- those juices flowing, whatever it is. But when he comes in, you just know this fucking guy is going to walk the ballpark. He can't throw a goddamn strike. He can't. Oh, he's t- he's t- I can't look at his face. I'm looking right now. I'm looking at Mickey. So tonight, Mickey almost cost us you know, the game twice. I don't know why Diaz didn't come in for the four-out save. It worked out anyways. He comes in. I mean, he didn't, even throw a- he didn't even throw a slider. His fastballs were just blown by people, 99. The kid's amazing. When he throws the ball... He whips that ball. It's um, unbelievable. He really is. Uh, I mean, the Mets, when they made that trade, it really was for Edwin Diaz, I feel like. You know, it was like, you know, he was good tonight. Had a hard be hit. But, I mean, that guy could be the steal of the trade. The kid's unbelievable. He really is. He's phenomenal. So, got to be happy with that. Got to be happy with the Mets win. You know, 7-6, 11 innings. Uh, we're 10-6 and six now. I don't know if that's – I don't think that's the best record in baseball. They, um, you know, they played ma- mainly all divisional games. I think the only thing they played was the Twins on a two-game series. So these are important games. You know, we're sizing each other up. Uh, Harper tonight, I don't think he really did much. I'm not sure if he got the other hit or not tonight. Because I was working as I watched the game, so I was like on and off. But, um, you know, it's going to be a battle all year. My view of the team after 16 games, halfway through the month, is they're hitting better than I thought they would. You know, a couple guys I didn't think, you know, J.D. Davis is hit. I didn't really know, you know who is he. Um, Nemo, you know, strikes out like a, it's a strikeout machine, but I didn't lose faith in him. I know a couple people, you know, want to cut him. He stinks that, but listen, guys strike out 100 times a year. So, yeah, the guy struck out, whatever, 21 out of his first 34, but if he doesn't if he doesn't strike out in the next 30 at-bats, you know, he gets base hit or he pops out, whatever, those numbers even out. So whether it happens now or happens throughout the year, he's going to strike out. You know, you go into a funk. He's hit. He had a game where he hit a home run double. Today he hit. He got on base in that last inning. So I'm not worried about him. McNeil, what can I say? He's a hit machine. Three for five, three singles in RBI. Two defensive plays that were amazing. Guy's a stud. So looking at him right now, 16 games in, the Marlins stink. It's going to be, it's really his going to be a 14 battle. I don't know what else. Uh, I mean, you look at the staffs, the Nationals, and us, I would say the two best one two, Strasburg and. Uh, and um, well, I can't think of his name right now, but you know what I'm talking about. And uh, DeGrom and Thor. And it's going to be, uh, I'm still trying to think of his name. I don't know why. It's like I'm drawing a blank on the Washington start here. Scherzer. Scherzer and Stroudsburg. Corbin's like whatever. I mean, I don't know how he got all that money. I, I, don't, I, see, I don't see Corbin go, oh, my God, we're going to face Corbin. He fucking stinks. And Wheeler, when he's on, he's good. So it's like even. Breaks out even. And Matt, if he pitches like he did against Atlanta, which was brilliant, which I forgot to bring that up. Match was awesome. When that match comes out, the guy's a top-line starter. Like, I'm not saying he is, but he had bases low, struck those two guys out. He really showed he had some balls in that game, so I'm proud of him for that. Uh, they're just showing right now on the TV, McNeil. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I ever said that with stats. Amazing. But So, Nationals, us, two best, you know, one-two punch. I'd say we have the best, bull, uh, best closer. But our bullpen stinks. Our bullpen's not as good. The Braves, Braves are hungry. They're young. They got a beast lineup. It really is good. Honestly, like, 
this division should beat the hell out of each other. I mean, I don't know. Vegas has all these numbers so high. 85 or 84 wins might win this division. I mean, this could really be like three teams could honestly. I mean, that'll be tough, I guess, with three teams coming out of the division if they're beating each other up, but it's going to be close to the end. So it's going to be important to win these games. You know, a lot of division games early. And if you're going to lose, listen, my view is you can't lose three in a row, you know, more than, let's say, five times a year. So you don't want to lose three in a row. You want to win the series, obviously. You want to win all your series. So that's not going to happen. But if you're going to lose, lose, you know, only lose two in a row. Win your divisional games. If you're going to lose, lose to the fucking, who cares? Like the Yankees, who cares? Lose to the Red Sox, lose to the Twins. Those games don't mean shit. So with the Mets, happy. They're fun to watch, finally. They score runs. It's nice to see. Uh, knock on wood, the injury bug hasn't hurt them. And, uh, you know, leading into that with the injury bug, we're talking about the Yankees. I mean, I don't know what you what to say about the Yankees. It's um, it's getting to, like, a disturbing, you know, a disturbing part of the season. It, it, they honestly remind me, and I say this, oh, the Mets, but they remind me of the Mets the last two years. The Mets were literally injured. Like, you wouldn't believe. The injury bug has hurt them for the last maybe five years. Absolutely terrible, and I mean, there's nothing you can say about the Yankees. They're six and nine. You know, the, and listen, the only thing the Red Sox are six and ten, so it's like pick, choose your poison. You know which one? The Rays are twelve and four. They're fucking that team is dangerous to me. That team's making the playoffs. They got young studs everywhere. Their starting rotation is ridiculous. Snell, and then you know, I'm not like an expert on their rotation, but that kid Glass now, whatever his name is, on the that they got in the trade from uh, Pittsburgh, he's a, he's awesome. Um, Morton's been solid from Houston, showing it wasn't just a one year wonder. And they got that that freaking close is a beast. They got a good team. So Yankees and Red Sox worrying about each other. They need to worry about the race, especially since they're you know five and a half games back already to start the season. They'll make that up, but. The injuries are just not normal. I mean, you could be a Yankee fan and be pissed off, but what are you supposed to do? When Gary, I mean, Gary has a huge game the other day, and he's on the DL. You know, Patances, everyone can say what they want, but Patances is a big part of that bullpen. And let's be real. They said the bullpen's going to be the strong suit, which on paper looks like that. But, of course, what happens? Guys don't perform. Chad Green's not performing. Uh, Adovino's been all right. Chapman, his fastball's been down there saying he's looking different. Uh, what's the other schmall that freaking stinks in that bullpen? I don't forget his name. He fucking sucks, too. And let's be real. Your starting pitching sucks. And we've talked about this in March. I you know the Yankee guys we had on argued that, you know, uh, Big Maple, this and that. But if you want to be legit about it, they talk about how he's pitched. Well, I think he's pitched three games. He's been terrible. I mean, he's been nothing the Yankees thought they were getting. He's, I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher, but he's just been fucking terrible for what they traded for him. He's got to step up. Tanaka... He's been solid like he has his whole career. He's been very good for them. But Severino, man, that has killed the Yankees. You know, he's their supposed ace. We talked about the deal he got. And, you know, does he know? You know, we we did mention this. Was he hurt? Does he know something going on? That's why he took the deal. That's like a conspiracy theory. Who knows if he really did that? But, I mean, he, he took a deal. And all of a sudden, his shoulders hurt him. And then they were saying he's going back early May. And then he threw. And now it's looking to be like maybe in the All-Star break. If you're the Yankees, you got to just... I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, you just got to pretend Severino's not even around. Just like we pretend Cespedes isn't around, you know, pretend Severino ain't coming back. So just think about him. Don't even think about him. Goodbye. I don't know why the Yankees aren't thinking about Keiko. Maybe they're using their advanced stat shit that makes them think that he's no good. You know, uh, Joe Herman's been pretty good for them. Uh, Sabathia came back, but 
the rotation is nothing special. And we knew this in the beginning. It was a lot of question marks. You know, people can say you hate Ian and this and that, but it's the truth. I mean, that Yankee that Yankee rotation scares nobody. The Reds just have Chris Sale, which, yeah, he hasn't been great this year so far, but he's still Chris Sale. It puts fear in the people. Porcello's been absolute garbage. I hate saying that because I love, I love Rick, but it's terrible. It's been garbage. David Price sucks. He had that one fucking lucky playoff run, but he sucks in general, so I don't give a fuck what anybody says. So both their starting rotations stink. You would think one of them want to get Keiko. The things the Yankees have going for them is their lineup, but unfortunately, everybody's hurt. You know, you sign Seve, he's out. You sign Hicks, he's out. I mean, how big is Hicks in the lineup? I mean, pretty big. Garney can't be playing every day. He's, uh, he's popping up every, every fucking at bat, and then they're complaining that uh, he's, uh, he's leading off. I heard him for Cessna the other day. Some guys said LeMahieu should be leaning off because he's hitting. And Fred Cessna said, oh, bread and butter, uh, Gardy and Judge. Gardy. Next day, LeMahieu was <laughs> leading off. I mean, what bread and butter? He fucking stinks. And then Judge, I guess, I don't know if he's hurt, but he's something sore on him or whatever. So you're missing Gary. You're missing Hicks. Uh, Voight, you know, he's hitting a couple bombs, but I guess his average is low. Bird is not really hitting too much. You know, the kids, uh, hello, Andahar. I mean, there's another one. He's the out for the year. Like that's These are huge. And if you look back, the Mets, the last two years, I mean, last year, let's be real, after the All-Star break, we had the best record in baseball. Our team started getting healthy after that. Our team before that was destroyed with injuries. You know, Noah, Mats was hurt. Uh, Jake was hurt for a little bit. Uh, Frazier was almost out pretty much the whole year. Cespedes, we were destroyed with injuries. Year before that, same thing. Noah was hurt again. Always, always, always getting hurt. It's so bad that they ended up finding the medical staff, blaming them. I mean, every time you listen to the radio, they're talking about the medical staff. That's how bad the Mets, the Mets were, you know, bitten by the bug. And that will ruin a season. You know, that will ruin a team that's expected to win 95 games this year and contend for a World Series. Now, the Yankees out of it? No, it's, it's April. I mean, people got to relax. It's only April. But, as we know, if this snowballs... You know, when April ends, you're still five games, you know, six games back, seven games back. Then May comes, and these guys are still not back. You know, this shit snowballs. So, do I think the Yankees are going to lose 90 games this year? No. But, I mean, they're lucky. The Red Sox are, are shitty with them. But that's not going to, I mean, there's no way both these teams are going to be out of it. The Rays could run away with it. It's not impossible. But, Yankees just got to get healthy, man. And, you know, if you lose your starting third baseman for the year, you lose your ace for the year. I'm just saying if this happens... You know, and Hicks is always hurt. So how long is he going to be out? Gary, if he's going to have a nagging injury over here, I mean, these are major things. So any team would be hard to recover from that. So with the Yankees, they just got to bear down. I think they have a series against the Red Sox coming up, which seems like a pretty big series because, you know, if you could sweep that series, either team, I mean, you're looking at, you know, what are the Yankees, 6-9 and nine they are? So the Yankees end up being 6-12. and 12. You know, the Red Sox end up being 6-13. and 13. Who would have who thought that would fucking happen this year? Nobody. So, that's a huge series for either team. Take two or three. You know, at least get yourself, you know, one game back of, uh, you know, 500. I made a proclamation last week. I'm in a big, because uh, my fantasy baseball league. And I said, uh, I don't know, I just thought the Yankees were going to get hot. You know, they were, I think they were one game below 500. Or they were 500, I think. And I said, today will be the last day. that. Oh, no, the game below. I said, today will be the last day the Yankees... I'll make a bet with somebody that the last day that they will be under 500 all year, thinking like, oh, so easy. They end up winning, they end up being 500, but now they're three games below. So if they got no way except to be, I'll bet you that. Because they're all Yankee fans, so because they were going to take that. But who would have thought, man? God forbid I would have took that bet. So, I mean, that's the thoughts on the Yankees right now. 
The Mets and the Yankees are kind of heading in two opposite directions, but like we said, it's very early. Um, I want to get some, uh, I think I'm going to try and get my, uh, I'm going to get some Met guys on, some Yankee guys on. We'll talk about, you know, series coming up. We'll evaluate the team, see how everybody else's views are going. I know, I mean, I got some friends that are literally over the moon about the Mets. I got other ones that are still very pessimistic. A lot of Yankee fans think they're getting robbed. You know, a lot of them saying Hicks and Seve basically fucking robbed them. The other ones are saying, don't worry about it. So we'll try and get that once a week. Maybe we might stretch it to two weeks just to get more, you know, content out of the game, see what's going on, you know, throughout the weeks. Because it could get a little bit, you know, cliche and boring. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, I do want to get into the NFL draft coming up next uh, week. What's today? The 15th. The draft is next Thursday. Yeah, draft is next Thursday. So I'm de- so next week I want to do a draft preview. We're going to get into a little more football. Uh, let's just say that today they were talking about Russell Wilson. He might want to go to the Giants. If he doesn't sign a deal by today, a lot of shit going on. I don't think Russell Wilson is going to the Giants. I mean, I, if I'm the Giants, I would have traded for Rose. Who knows what they're doing? The Jets... Got the New Jerseys. That's another thing I, I missed while I was in Italy. The New Jerseys came out. My view, they're fucking fire. I love them. I already bought two. We were talking today, me and some family members, how the jerseys we got, I mean, they say game one. But when you get them, you know, they're sti- they're not stitched numbers and name. They're iron on. Like you buy in a fucking, like a t-shirt store. And honestly, it's kind of corny. And I, me, I thought, oh, maybe this is the way it is. They're lighter. The players wear them. My cousin pointed out to me, he's like, nah, look at the pictures of the you know, the ones the players are wearing on the modeling, they're stitched. So, I mean, I find that to be kind of corny. Like, first of all, it's kind of like robbery. It's $100. I don't know why they're telling us game jerseys if they're not. They're, you know, they're, they're freaking ironed on numbers. That shit goes off in the wash. So, it's a little disappointing. The jerseys are, I think the jerseys are great. Personally, I think the uh, the black and the white are the best ones. They're awesome. Uh, the white, I think, are freaking very fresh. The black are just dope. The green... Being a Jeff and green's our color, so it's going to take time to get used to a different green. I don't think they're terrible. I don't like the logo. I, I think the logo's terrible. I mean, New York Jets with a football underneath it. They could have did a hundred other things. If you, listen, if you follow Gotham City Crew or uh, the Jets Take or you know all these different guys uh, like Joe Caparoso, all these different guys on the Twitter, you know, they came out, fans drew better logos than the ones they came out with. You know, they could have put like a, a Jet... Instead of the laces, they could have put, like, a jet in there. Just something that has to do with, like, a football. Uh, with a, a jet. I mean, with the jets. You know, we're not the New York footballs. So I don't I don't like the logo. The logo is not for me. But it is what it is. When you win, like Sam Darnold said, the jerseys don't mean shit unless you win. If you win, they're going to look good. If you lose, you're going to look like a loser in a nice jersey. So I like the jerseys. I will say the whole thing with the printed on screen shit. Not a fan of that. Uh, other than that, it's an exciting time to be a Met fan. To be a Jeff fan, right now, Yankee fans are a little nervous. The Giants, who the fuck knows being a Giant fan right now? If you could not be any more irrelevant right now, I hate to say it, but it's very true. And uh, other than that, I want to say, you know, thanks, everybody. You know, the even though I had a, the podcast about the last two weeks, I had some great reviews on uh, Apple. Please keep reviewing. I need you to just go on. It takes two seconds. You rate it, review it, give us some stars, five stars, hopefully. Subscribe so you'll get it whenever it comes out. And, uh, you know, just keep listening. And uh, I appreciate the inboxes, the messages, something you want to talk about, questions you want to ask, whatever it is. Um, So, like I said, I'll be on here more often as much as I can. We'll try and do maybe stretch it out a little bit. Next week, I want to do a football preview, NFL season, draft, big time coming up. Can't wait for that. 
Stay disgruntled, everybody. Talk to you soon. Okay, so I signed off on the podcast before I was able to really scroll through Twitter and see what was going on in the Mets post game and this and that. I just I have one last thing to say. Call it a bonus to the podcast. I'm not trying to do this calmly, but yes, the Mets won tonight. Okay, Mickey Callaway just spoke to the media, and they asked him. And like I said before. Why Diaz wasn't up in the eighth inning with two outs, bases loaded, high leverage situation, top closer? We didn't know why. We thought maybe they were saving him, you know, on the road, whatever, whatever it is. He has the nerve. Yes, they won today, and he he did say in the playoffs it would change if they get to the playoffs. How do you say this guy is only pitching three outs? He literally said that Familia is the eighth inning guy, Diaz is our ninth inning guy. Diaz will not pitch more than three outs. What the fuck are you smoking? How do, how can you fucking say that this guy will not pitch more than three outs all year? I just, my fucking brain just exploded. What the fuck? Even the fucking guy asked the questions like, but what's the point? Last year, you had guys pitch all different roles. You said high situ- high leverage situation. Guys will come in. Oh, we have different personnel this year. We pick each other up. We believe in the guys that come in. Familiar walk three fucking guys. What are you talking about? I, I just, how, do, how do you have a top closer in the game of baseball? Game on the line. You're up by one run. He said, oh, if we lose, then we lose because uh, the guys that get the job done. Uh, how about you bring your top closer and you don't fucking lose? What fucking team tells uh, – even the closer they ask me, I'm ready whenever they want me. We're not going to pitch him more than three outs and that's it. What the fuck are you – this is why. See, Mickey Callaway, I don't want to burn the bridge right, right now. But to me, he's a fucking moron since day one. I don't know if this comes from Brody or him, but that is maybe the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard in my life. Okay, I couldn't even want to burn somebody out, maybe. But to say he will not, pick, he will not get more than three outs in the game this year. When the playoffs come, he'll be ready to do more, maybe. So we're just gonna lose games. So bases loaded. Guy sucks, walks the bases loaded, fucking need one more out. Instead of bringing your star fucking best pitcher you got in the bullpen, not, uh, he's not allowed to have more than three outs, so we're going to bring somebody else in and he'll give it up. What are you talking about? So, okay, he's not allowed to pitch three outs. So how about bring him in the game, uh, let him get that out, and then you get him, let him get two outs in the ninth inning and then take his ass out, have somebody else finish with the last out. You fucking bozo, fucking idiot brain. I just can't even believe it. That he said that. Andy DeCormo writes for the news that whatever he writes for on Twitter is like, what the fuck is this guy saying? You fucking dumbass. Then they ask him about Darnold. Why didn't they bring a pitcher in the bunt? And he says, I didn't want a pitcher to go up there. And if he failed at two bunt attempts, he wouldn't be able to swing the bat with two strikes. What? What are you talking about? He was the last guy left on the bench. You fucking sent Darno up there and he fucking missed two bunt attempts. How much worse could the guy... So that's what you're thinking? If I send this guy up, he's going to fail twice and he can't get a hit? Guess what? Darno sucks. He couldn't get a fucking hit either. The Mets won tonight and I don't think I could be even more mad hearing this motherfucker speak. Because honestly, let's be real. From putting the wrong line about and batting out of order to all the stupid shit he did last year and then needing to bring in a, a veteran bench coach for him to understand the NL and to say that we trust everybody in that bullpen and these guys pick each other up. Uh, Lugo picked up uh, picked up Noah and then this guy picked up. They picked up Familia. Picked up Familia. But who did Familia pick up? 
He's my eighth inning guy. He's my ninth inning guy. Well, your eighth inning guy sucks, so you need to go get an eighth inning guy. And you have a closer base that's just going to sit there on the bench while we blow fucking games this year. He needs to – this – oh, my God. I swear this will be an explosion of epic proportions. Not just by me, but by all Mets fans. When this comes down to a fucking July game, August game, when it's two on, one out, or two bases low, two out, two on, whatever – and you got fucking familiar in there, or you bring Gazelman in, when you got your closer, all-star, all-fucking-pro, whatever closer out there, and he's not going to come in and, cl- and get four out. He can't get four outs? Like, uh, what? What are you saving? Saving for the playoffs. You're not going to make the fucking playoffs if you don't win the game, you dumbass. Oh, my God. This is... T- this... Is this is what I made the podcast for? This is called disgruntled fans, because this is fucking crazy. Because even in a win... My mind is fucking blown. Have a good night. Mickey Callaway. Fucking, you're insane. Go fuck yourself. I cannot stand you. Goodbye.